On today's Dinging Corners, we are going to be talking about prospect hugging. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned and find out. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Ding and Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Nate, and today, like we said in the intro, we're going to be talking about prospect hugging, and you may be asking yourself, what is that? What in the world does he mean by prospect hugging? Sounds weird. Sounds weird. You'd be correct. It does sound weird, and it's not literally hugging a prospect. That would be weird. It is being like emotionally attached or you know to a prospect when you shouldn't be so let me uh, allow me to expand on that if you are a fan of your favorite team and your favorite team is i don't know the orioles and you love adley rushman you're like adley rushman is going to be the greatest player in the history of the world and a team comes by and offers you uh, I don't know, Rafael Devers, right? Offer, the Red Sox offer you Rafael Devers for Adley Rushman, and you say no. Rafael Devers is a bona fide Major League star. He's proven. They would offer you a one-for-one trade for Adley Rushman, and you say no because you believe in Adley Rushman so much, even though he hasn't made it to the majors yet, that you will not make that trade. That would be prospect hugging. Or even like to a lesser extent, you know, there's a dude you really like on another team, Christian Yelich, for example, for the Brewers. And... You know, maybe the Brewers really like Lewis Brinson and Isan Diaz, and they're like, we can't trade these guys. We love them too much. Well, obviously, if they hadn't traded them, you've seen what they've become. You know, they haven't been great, whereas Christian Yelich is amazing. So if they would have hugged their prospects, right, you would have been. they would have been in a much worse spot than trading for Christian Yelich. So that is what prospect hugging is in baseball. It's, you know, caring too much about your own prospects where you're not willing to trade them for a quality player type of thing. The same thing can happen in carts. So you buy into Aaron Ashby, because I'm looking at an Aaron Ashby card right now. You buy into Aaron Ashby. He's a Brewers pitching prospect. And you're like, this guy's going to be amazing. Uh, he's going to be the greatest Brewers pitching prospect ever created. And you just can't sell. You bought it for 20 bucks, and it's up to $50, and you can't sell. You are making, you could make money, but you're just like, oh, I think he could be amazing later on. That would be prospect hugging where like you have the opportunity to make money and yet you just don't do it because you like the guy too much. And, you know, maybe he goes and hits AAA and gets shelled and all of a sudden it goes back down to $20 and you regret it. So now that you understand what that is, let's get into the slideshow for today. All right. So prospect hugging. Weird term. We covered it. You know what it is. So we're going to start out with looking at a guy. One single guy, I didn't grab more uh, examples. I should have probably, but we get one example here. We're going to go through stats. I want you to keep these all in mind and take a guess at who I am talking about. So we've got his baseballsavant.mlb.com stats here, and you can see his hit chart, his spray hit chart. You know, he's spraying it around. Um, fair amount of uh, hits to all fields, though not a ton of hits, but to all fields anyways. You can see that. A number of singles, only one home run, four doubles, and one triple. 
um, and seven singles. So not a ton of hits on the year, but he's spraying the ball around to all fields. That's nice. <coughs> you look, you look at his 2021 MLB percentile rankings and average exit velocity and max exit velocity percentile rankings. Pretty good. 73rd percentile and 71st percentile. Not bad. Top, uh, you know, top third of the MLB. Barrel percentage is 63%, so that's almost top third of the MLB. That's not bad. It's not great. It's not bad. But then everything else, and I mean everything else outside of sprint speed, is atrocious. So hard hit percentage, he's in the 29th percentile. Walk percentage, he's in the 24th percentile. Chase rate, he's in the 13th percentile. Expected slugging, he's in the 4th percentile. The bottom 4% of all of baseball and expected slugging. Expected weighted on base average, he's in the bottom 1%. And K percentage, he's in the bottom 1% of all of baseball <clears throat> in those stats. Um, <clears throat> I don't need to tell you why that's bad. Not hitting the ball hard. Not slugging the ball right. And also striking out a ton. Not getting on base. Not getting a good average. Uh, it's all it walk percentage, you know, it's all bad. It's all bad outside of his average exit velocities in which he's clearly not making a ton of contact because his K percentage is in the bottom one percentile. It's a bad profile right now. So let's move on to the 2019, 2020, 2021 seasons here. And you can see his bad ball profiles down here. And in 2021, he has a career low in barrel percentage, a career not a career low in exit velocity, right in line, so not bad. Maybe a little bit higher than his career average. But a career low in max exit velocity, a career high in launch angle, which is probably part of the reason here. Sweet spot percentage is a career low. Expected batting average is a career low. Expected slugging is a career low. Weighted on base average is a career low. Expected weighted on base average is a career low. Hard hit percentage is a career low. K percentage is a career high. And his walk rate is right around career average. His career average is 6.9, and his walk rate is 6.9% this year. So everything is career lows except for K percentage, which is a career high, and walk percentage, which is average for his career. All that is to, <coughs> to tell you that this is a guy that is not getting hits, not hitting the ball hard, and really not doing much of anything useful on a baseball diamond. Now let's look at his prospect reports. So... You've seen how well he's been hitting the ball. And now you go back to 2019 for fan graphs, and they gave him a future 60 hit, future 60 power, 45 speed, 50 field, 45 throw, and 60 future value. Right now, you look at the guy that's hitting up there with those stats, and he's got a 20 hit and a 20 power. You know, we're, get, we're talking 60 hit, 60 power is rare, a rare combo. And he's probably currently at 2020. You know, what in the world happened there? He was the 13th overall prospect by fan graphs in 2019, and now he is a quad a player he goes down to triple a and destroys it mlb is terrible which is what we call a quad a player not good enough for the mlb but way too good for triple a and no real room for them uh if you look at mlb pipeline he was the this is 2018 stats he was the number 30 prospect in 2018 number 13 by fangraphs in 2019 the second overall baseball um second base prospect and MLB Pipeline gave him a 70 hit and a 50 power. So not as high on his power, but way higher on his hit than Fangraphs. So what happened here? You know, 70 is, out in 2080 scale, 70 is the second highest you can get. And he is currently a 20, 
Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This dude is as bad of a hitter as it gets in the MLB currently. And they gave him a 55 future value. So, you know, we're looking at a guy that was highly rated, highly rated, and now is just unplayable. On the year, he has 24 games, 116 plate appearances, a 127 average, 219 on base, and a 216 slugging, which is good for a 435 OPS, a .088 isolated power, a 214 BABIP, which is incredibly low. The isolated power is also incredibly low. Uh, a 6.9% walk rate, which we covered, a 38.8% K rate, which is atrocious, 23.9% swinging strike rate, a 14.8% called strike rate, which is good for a 38.7 CSW percentage, which is a called plus swing strike rate rate, which is 38.7%. So almost 40% of the time when he has a pitch thrown to him, it is a strike, either swinging or called. That is not good. That is not good. And 26 WRC plus where hundred is league average for WRC plus weighted runs created. And he's at 26, which means he is 74% worse than league average hitter, which is not good. And league average hitter is, <coughs> you know, not that amazing. Now, do you know who this is? Do you have any guesses? He was 13th by fan graphs. He was the top se second baseman. Uh, per MLB pipeline, I'm talking about him. I'm wearing a Brewers shirt. Should probably give it all away in that it is, in fact, Keston Hira. And Keston Hira has been atrocious. And this is the main point of prospect hugging is that Keston Hira looked amazing. If we go back, look at that 2019 season 13.5% barrel percentage, max exit velocity, 112 miles per hour. Um, Expected bad average, average 249. Expected slugging, though, 501. I mean, that's pretty good. Expected weighted on base average 388. Hard hit percentage 50%, like, and 30.7% K percentage, which wasn't bad. It was not great, but way better than 38.8%. And uh, <clears throat> you go forward a couple of years, and he is atrocious. And so we're looking at a BGS 95 Bowman Chrome Auto, and that's $62 currently, May 30th. And the reason I bring up this card is because if we go to the next slide, you can see a series of events here. So June 21st, 2018, this is before he got called up in 2019, but in the middle of his like year, he was doing really well. Um, we're talking $115.50, right when he was making like top 100 prospect lists, right? $115.50, June 21st, 2018. So pretty good price. Now, this is not the same card as the May 30th one because this is a 9595959 on the subgrades, whereas the May 30th one is quad 95s. So not a similar card. It's a little, it should be a little bit cheaper. So you're looking at if this was quad 95s, I'm sure it'd be like 130 bucks, something like that, maybe 125, and which makes this price drop from that price to $62 even worse. Now, January 15th, 2021, so only five months ago, we're looking at a nine, a BGS 95, but a 910 for $157.50. And the nine is on centering, which usually people pay a little bit more for a good centering as opposed to a bad centering with other good grades. So this is $157.50. Now you notice this is five months ago and he was pretty bad last year. And yet his prices were still higher than they were in 2018 when he was, you know, a helium prospect, right? And so the point of this is you could have made money. Even after a bad year, you could have made money on Keston Hira. I mean, we're talking 40 bucks here. 
Not huge money, not huge money, but you could have made money if you would have held and hoped he turned it around because you didn't want to sell for 157 because it was higher than that earlier when he had a really good 2019. I get it, but if you waited and you looked at his profile and you're like, <clears throat> there's a lot of red flags here, and now we're looking at $62. And there can be a lot of, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of times if you looked at 2019, Kesson Hira, 2019 stats, he looked like a star, hitting the ball over the field, hitting 20-plus home runs. I mean, just crushing the baseball, crushing it. But you looked a little bit closer, and there were red flags. You know, walk percentage wasn't great. K percentage was terrible. Um, if he stopped hitting the ball hard, you know, that was going to be an issue because, you know, the strikeout rate was so high and the walk rate was so low. And now we fast forward a couple of years and he has stopped crushing the ball and the strikeout rate is even worse. The walk rate is around career av average and now he's a borderline unplayable player, but really definitely not borderline. He's just unplayable right now. The guy can't hit fastballs up in the zone, 92 mile per hour fastball up in the zone. He will swing through that and <clears throat> sliders, curves away. He will swing through those, chase them outside the zone. And those are two things that I don't know how you fix both of them at one time. Maybe he can fix one, but he's got the other. I'd rather him be able to hit the fastball up in the zone, I guess, and still swing and miss and chase sliders out of the zone. But it's rough. It's rough for him. It's rough for Brewers fans. I really wish he was good. And, you know, I get it. People can get really excited about the players. You watch them in 2019 and you don't dive deeper into the stats. You can be like, wow, this guy's going to be an MVP candidate. And even I was like, you know what? Even if the 30, I knew about the strikeout rate and I knew about all that. But the Brewers fan of me was like, well, who cares? He's hitting the ball. He's hitting the ball hard everywhere. If he keeps doing that, he can be an MVP candidate. Fast forward two years, and now he's not even a playable MLB player. And so this is why we bring up prospect hugging, because if you were a Kesson Hira fan and you put a bunch of money into Kesson Hira, you were probably not willing to cut bait at any point because you're like, oh, he's just going to bounce back in 2021. And now he looks like, he's going to have to have a change of scenery to become uh, a better player somewhere else because right now he is not good and not an MLB player. And so that is what, you know, prospect hugging Kesson Hero would have really failed you. And so let's look at some of these lists, these MLB top 100 prospect lists. Let's look at the top 12 because that's what I could fit on the screen and go year by year and see what we can see with these top 12 lists because, you know, Kesson Hero was 13 on fan graphs and 30th on MLB pipeline on in 2018 like he was a top player and a lot of times if you're a top player on a prospect list people are going to be like i want to keep him because he's going to become a star he's top 30 prospect he has to become a star wander franco is the number one prospect he has to become a star and while i love wander franco and i really do think he's going to become a star and he's absolutely killing triple a there's no guarantee so let's look at these lists and see what we can find out 2016 you can see it here I'll run through the names really quick, and then we'll talk about it. Yohan Mankata, number one. J.P. Crawford, number two. Giolito, number three. Dansby Swanson, number four. Andrew Benatendi, number five. Brendan Rodgers, number six. Alex Reyes, number seven. Tyler Glasnow, number eight. Austin Meadows, number nine. Victor Robles, number 10. Ahmed Rosario, number 11. And Ozzy Albies, number 12. Lucas Giolito is good. Yohan Mankata is good, but his prices just aren't that high. Lucas Giolito is really good. Tyler Glasnow is really good, but it took a trade away from the Pirates to the Rays for that to happen. Um, Dansby Swanson is like fine. JP Crawford is fine. You know, Andrew Benteni got traded to the Royals. He's been okay. Austin Meadows is fine. He's on the Rays. 
you know, Ozzy Albies is like the best player on this list that's not a pitcher. And he's number 12. So if you look at this list, there's a lot of guys. If you were investing in, you were like, well, he's top tw- he's a top 10, top 12 prospect. I'm he's a guaranteed good major leaguer. Look at this list. Brendan Crawford, Brendan Rogers is on there. Andrew Benatendi's on there. JP Crawford's on there. Alex Reyes, injuries, right? Um, Dansby Swanson. So many guys that have become nothing over the years. And if you were prospect hugging, you'd have been like, oh man, JP Crawford is about to become the greatest shortstop the Phillies have ever had in their entire lives. And now he's a Mariner, you know? 2017, this list gets better. Shoy Otani, number one. Obviously, he's an absolute stud. Glyber Torres, number two. Victor Robles, number three. Vlad, number four. Eloy, number five. Ronald Acuna, number six. Brendan Rodgers, number seven. Kyle Tucker, number eight. Nick Senzel, number nine. Michael Kopech, number 10. Walker Buehler, number 11. Brent Honeywell, number 12. Now, this list is better. You would make major money right now on number one, number four, number five, number six, and number 11. That's pretty good. That is, you know, not quite half, a little bit less than half the players on this list. That And you could have made money on Gleyber Torres in the past. That being said, Eloy is injured. Gleyber is not great anymore. Uh, Victor Robles is Victor Robles, right? Brendan Rodgers has been a major disappointment. Kyle Tucker has been a disappointment. Nick Senzel has been majorly injured. Uh, Michael Kopech has been injured, though he is doing well this year, and his prices are rising. And Brent Honeywell has been major injuries, major, major, major injuries. And so... You know, even if it's not from disappointing play, you still you still deal with injuries. Even Shohei Otani dealt with injuries, and so uh, that's another factor of this. That's not just hey, this guy is absolutely atrocious, and he was a top twelve prospect. He's going to be good. It's also hey, this is a top twelve prospect, but he might get injured, and I might lose my investment. I mean, look at Eloy; he did a dumb reach over the fence for a ball he definitely couldn't caught and tore his shoulder or his pectoral. I don't remember which. So. There's huge risks in prospect hugging, and we're just looking at top 12 lists from the last five years, and still, still, and you'd think they've gotten really good at predicting which players are going to be good compared to like the early 2000s or the early 2010s, and yet we're still finding guys that are just disappointments or injury concerns left and right. 2018 gets significantly better. Vlad Guerrero Jr., at least in the top three. Vlad Road Jr., number one. Fernando Tis, number two. Eloy, number three. Those guys have not been disappointments. They've been amazing. Eloy, obviously, injured. Then it goes Victor Robles, Kyle Tucker, Nick Senzel, Royce Lewis, Forrest Whitley, Brendan Rodgers, Alex Kirilov. That's a pretty disappointing group. Alex Kirilov, obviously, is in the majors and has been in the majors. Um, but he struggled there for a while, and you would have lost money in the middle. Royce Lewis has been major injuries and hasn't really played well above A ball. Forrest Whitley, major injuries and struggled for a couple of years. Nick Senzel's major injuries, right? And so we've got all these guys that are huge disappointments. And if you would invest in this year's top 12, you're making money on Vlad. You're making money on Tatis. You're probably making money on Eloy. You're making money on Boba Shett. Definitely making money on Boba Shett. And maybe Jesus Lazardo, but the middle, the middle guys, the middle uh, seven, really, really rough. 2019, Wander Franco, obviously stud. We love him. Gavin Lux, Luis Robert, Mackenzie Gore, Joe Adele, Adley Rushman, Casey Mize, Bobby Wood Jr., Royce Lewis, Nate Pearson, Christian Pache, Brendan McKay. Now, this list is too soon for us to make any judgments about this, but I will say this. Gavin Lux had a couple disappointing years. He's been hitting better this year. Luis Robert is injured. Uh, Casey Mize came up last year and did not perform well. L- Royce Lewis is injured. 
Brendan McKay is probably bordering on a disappointment at this point. And then George Dell came up last year and was a disappointment, but he's been killing it in AAA. So while we can't make any generalizations about any of these guys right now, just know that not all these guys are going to be amazing. And there's already been a number of guys that have had disappointing starts to their careers so far. And then we didn't do 2020 because that was even sooner than 2019, but we will move to 2021. Wander Franco, Adley Rushman, Spencer Torkelson, Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, Mackenzie Gore, Bobby Witt Jr., CJ Abrams, Cabrian Hayes, Nate Pearson, Christian Pache, and Sixto Sanchez for the top 12 there. And, you know, there's obviously some studs there. Jared Kelnick and Julio Rodriguez, even though Kelnick has not been hitting in the majors. A couple Mariners studs. Adley Rushman, obviously stud catcher. Wander Franco, obviously. Spencer Torkelson, number one pick from last year. Mackenzie Gore, one of the best pitchers in the minors, if not the best pitcher in the minors. Bobby Wood Jr., C.J. Abrams is the next up-and-coming shortstop tandem in Bobby Wood Jr. and C.J. Abrams. Cabrian Hayes, you've seen what he's done in the MLB. Nate Pearson is a stud. You know, Christian Pache, Sixto Sanchez, both studs. Um, Pache more for his defense than his offense, obviously. The point of bringing up this list and those previous lists is for you to look at those lists, 2016 through 2019, and realize that there are definitely guys in there that have been major money losers. Not losers personality-wise or like, oh, man, those guys are losers, but they've lost a bunch of money on their cards because of how they performed or how they have gotten injured. And just because a guy is a top 12 prospect or in Keston Hero's case, 13 on Fangraphs or 30 on MLB Pipeline, does not mean he is a guaranteed you know, win, a guaranteed, I'm going to buy him now, and he's going to come up to the majors and be a stud and make money. And so you look at this list, and there's going to be guys in here that just get injured or are just not good. They're just, there's going to be guys. I don't know which ones. I like them all, but there's going to be guys. And so that gets me to my main point about prospect hugging is when you are buying prospects, you don't have to wait till MLB call up to sell. And you don't have to, you know, be emotionally attached to the point where you have to make double or triple. You can buy a card for $20 and sell it for 30. Nobody is stopping you. Nobody says you have to buy this guy in single A and hold it past the height. You know, you might buy it for 40 bucks and hold it to till he is, you know, 80 bucks when he's in double A, triple A. And then you're like, oh, but I have to hold till MB debut. You don't have to do that because a lot of times in the case of Kesson, not really in the case of Kesson here, because this price went up in the MLB, but still a lot of times you can hold it too far and maybe he has a disappointing year and you could sell for money. And then all of a sudden he has an, a more disappointing year the next year, like Kesson here did and you could have made money, but now you're losing money. And so don't the whole point of this podcast is to point out that you should not prospect hug if you are making money. Now, if you really believe in guy, if you really, really believe in Wander Franco and think he is going to be the next star and I do, I definitely do. Then sure, hold on to Wander Franco, let him get to the majors, let him start hitting, and I'm sure you'll be very happy because you're not going to make, you know, Juan Soto, Bowman Cromados were $300 when he was in the minors at the height. And they stayed $300 for a while until he won a World Series, and, that, and then they went up drastically. You know, PSA 10 is going up to $10,000. And that's not going to happen. You're not going to get a PSA 10 base card of a guy that hits $10,000. He needs to be in the MLB and he needs to be performing well for that to happen. And so <clears throat> if you really believe in a guy, sure, hold into the MLB. But if you were buying a guy like, I don't know, Aaron Ashby, and you buy him in, I suppose I could show the card. 
Aaron Ashby, if you buy him for $30, like I did that card, and Sony's willing to give you $60 for it when he's in double A, you might as well take it and let, not let him hit triple A uh, or the MLB. He might be good, but you can take that $30 and put it into the next guy, $30 profit or $60 total, and put it into the next guy and the next guy after that and the next guy after that. There's always guys down the line. Just if you take anything from this, just know that there's always somebody next and that you should not prospect hug unless you are like 100% confident that this dude is going to become a stud. Thank you for listening to today's Ding and Corners, and I will talk to you again next time.